Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure. We have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. We last left our adventurers chasing after a pack of kobolds that were heading directly to the camp of the cultists with some very clever survival skills and with the help of a pseudo dragon from Malamara, they were able to catch up to the kobolds and dispatch of them very quickly before any of them were, before any of the party members were seriously injured. Unfortunately, losing Malamara's newly acquired familiar, they ensured that they, their presence would not be alerted to the cultist camp. Finishing their long rest and setting forward on the next day, they were able to think about how they were going to approach the camp. How were they going to get the prisoners and were abruptly interrupted by a rear guard that sprung up and immediately started to attack them, much to Lance slash Jacob's confusion. After surrendering and asking them to lay down their weapons, the main grizzled leader of this group sauntered over to them and through some very lucky deception rolls, they were able to convince them with the help of their young kobold escort, you might say, that they were new initiates to the Cult of the Dragon. After a brief conversation, both the adventurers and the Cult of the Dragon's group headed to the main camp. This is where we'll jump into tonight's adventure, as last time I don't feel like I described adequately where the camp was. As you follow this ragtag band of cultists entering into the camp, the landscape starts to slope downwards ever so slightly. Nothing drastic, nothing um, immediately noticeable. But it does slope downwards into this... It's like a hollow... One of the best ways to describe it, I think, is it's a hollow amongst a rocky plateau that just seems to have been either naturally or um, magically created. Who knows? But the landscape starts to descend slowly into this massive, I'd say maybe 1,000 feet hollow here. And just overlooking the entire encampment here, you see hundreds of individuals. Monsters, humanoids, animals... They are just milling all about amongst this uh, camp. The first thing that you notice as you walk in is a guard tower immediately at the entrance. Definitely man-made, nothing natural about it. And there are about four cultists up there with the familiar garb uh, with the winged shoulders. And they salute to some of the cultists that are in your immediate party. Entering from this entrance here... Most of the residents of the entrance actually are kobolds. And Fleeple, you pick up on the different types of kobolds that are here, and this is not just one tribe of kobolds. This seems to be a smattering of tribes and clans that most you don't recognize. And some kobolds have some very fine distinctions, or their scales are a little bit different, and... These are kobolds that you've never encountered before, but usually denoting just coming from a different demographic area. So it seems that they've been recruiting these kobolds from a lot of different areas around Faerun. But the first level here, if I can call it a level, right near the entrance, is more of the monster-like creatures. Kobolds, a few orcs, most of the creatures are here. Everybody go ahead and roll me a perception check. 
17. 18. Three for Mal. Okay. Mal, you are trying to have this more subservient character that you're trying to exude, and you're focusing so much on that that you're not even trying to look around. You're not even trying to find details just so that you are focusing intently to give off this type of character. Lance, exuding this confidence, whether it is uh, genuine or not, you are able to look around and see your immediate surroundings. And Fleeple, you see this as well. Most of these kobolds are in pockets. They don't necessarily associate one with another. Although their camps are fairly close to each other, there seem to be sort of cliques or tribes within this camp. But the biggest thing that you notice is a few prisoners milling about. And with each prisoner, there is a cultist that is standing watch over them, leisurely following behind or to the side or giving an order to each of these prisoners. These prisoners aren't in any sort of uniform, but you can tell that they're prisoners due to the obvious fact that they're chained. They have loose chains around their wrists and around their ankles, and the clothes that they do wear are pretty much tattered if what non-existent. These prisoners are a range of men and women of varying races. And as of right now, you can only see four in the current vicinity around here. And they're just doing menial work, washing out a, a pan, doing laundry, getting rid of some manure in the middle of a field, things like that. But as you walk through this first level, Members of the party that you arrived with, they, they're starting to peel off and uh, give salutation to to some others that they see in the distance, or they walk away, and, and you notice that most of them are actually taking off their cloaks, exuding a sort of casualness in camp. The general atmosphere doesn't seem to be one of alertness or uh, even revelry. It just seems to be a lax day, a very chill day, if you will. But the two magic users, the blue tiefling and the half-orc, as well as the grizzled human, the leader, they keep walking with you. They're leading you towards the other part of the camp. And this one is, if you were to move eastward in this hollow, it's getting closer towards these cliffs. Now, this horseshoe-like hollow, I said it descended slowly, And as such, um, near the entrance, the sides of this hollow weren't very tall. They they were slowly increasing to where maybe the wall was about 25, 40 feet. But that quickly shoots up to about a good 150 feet tall. So already in level one, the cliff sides of this encampment are 150 feet tall. And that continues forward the further you go into the encampment here. The second level is where more of the humanoid and cultists actually reside. They have a smattering of tents here and there. There's a training area. There are um, cultists laughing, singing songs. Some are doing menial chores as well. But this seems to be the more friendlier part of the camp. But it's a lively part of the camp. They're not like actively dancing and swapping tails, but it's... It's definitely makes you feel more comfortable here rather than in level one, with maybe the exception of Fleeple. There is a massive tent on the east side of the camp, close to some of these cliffside walls. 
Um, this massive tent is a good 30 feet by 30 feet, and there are drakes and guards that are dressed up to the nines, and they are just intently looking around. Not lively, not discussing, not doing anything except focusing on their position of protecting this specific tent. Just north of this, there is a little... Um, about 100 feet up, there is a level patch of the cliffside wall where a second watchtower is posted to where they can see over the entire encampment and even onto some of the walls as well. And this is just very noticeable to you. The leader turns to all of you and goes, follow me over here. And he veers southward away from the big tent to some of the more quieter tents and away from some of the lively discussion and attitudes. You said so far we've only seen a couple of prisoners. They're not... Yeah, there were only four. So whether there are more than that, you don't know. Each one has a guard with them. Yes. Thank you, I missed that. Um, the tents we see scattered around, they're all closed tents. They're not like awning tents. Yeah, I mean, some of them are uh, nicer than others and some people are walking in and out. But yeah, they're you can draw them and close them if you'd like. They're not just uh, a roof over your head, so to speak where you're exposed to the element. All the tents do have um, walls. Without delaying any further, the grizzled man, he walks in to one of the tents, but before he does, he turns around and goes, You three, wait here. And he just throws a tent flat back and leaving you with the half-orc and the blue tiefling standing guard outside. So you wait there for a good 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes. While we're waiting... Uh, I would like to look around, because we were told that Mondath keeps special prisoners at the back of the camp. I would like to look around and see if I can find any of these prisoners who are undergoing this quote-unquote special treatment. Okay, give me a perception check. All right, with that guidance. Oh, come on. Uh, okay, so that's a 12. Okay, uh, looking for any sign of like special prisoners, people receiving special treatment... Special being in quotes, right? And it's actually not that difficult to see. Not too far from where you're at, maybe a hundred feet from where you currently are located, you see a couple of posts set up, four posts, and one of them is occupied with a humanoid figure tied to it. And with a 12, you would also see that this individual is badly injured and bruised. Looks like they have some dried blood over their torso, and their head is hanging down. Is this by the big tent? Uh, it's a distance away from the big tent. It just is kind of in the middle of... It's not really near a tent. It's just 50 feet away from where you are, and your tent would be the closest thing to it. Does this individual look to be of the scholarly traveling monk variety? With a 12, from this distance, it's... It'd be, it's very hard to tell, take out like specifics of the person in general. And so you'd have to get closer somehow to uh, maybe pick out some of those details. I turn to uh, Tiefling and the half-orc and I just go, can I throw rocks at that guy? <laughs> and the half-orc just goes, uh, you're an ego one, aren't you? I, I, I try to hide it, but when I, when I see the blood, it just kind of, you know. Uh, the Tiefling sighs and goes, no one's to touch that one other than Mondath herself. If you went over there, I'm afraid you wouldn't survive the encounter. Oh, this one's this one's like special or something? 
According to Mondath. Just as the blue tiefling shares that information, the tent flap is drawn back, and the leader just says, Get in. All of you, get in. I, I go in. Yeah. I yeah. take his suggestion. Um, as you walk in, this tent is, uh, it's not large, but it is fairly big, and it has to be because there is surprisingly an oak desk on the other side of the entrance. And this oak desk has a lot of... It's fairly intricate, surprisingly. There are nice designs, flowery designs down the legs, and then over the front of it, there is a dragon head breathing fire out from one side of the desk to the other. And as you look up, sitting behind the desk is a human female. She's currently writing on some of these papers. She is not in cultist garb, like you've seen in Greenest and in other areas, but she does have a very fine dress on. A green dress with a lot of embroidery, a lot of design, and her hair is pinned back, and you see that pin in her hair, holding her hair up, there is a very intricate sculpted dragon head made out of some sort of jade just sticking out of it. And as you walk in, she holds up her finger and keeps writing for a minute. And uh, she finishes writing and she pushes the paper over and she looks up at you and goes, Well, Ildrex, these are the two you were speaking of? Oh, I these are, <clears throat> these are the two that say they want to join our ranks. And she studies both of you, tapping her fingers together. Hmm. You there. And she is looking at you directly, Lance. Says, where did you get your outfit? Like we are told, your subordinate here. Yes, I know what you've told him. I wish to hear it from your own lips. We were, were recruited at Baldur's Gate. And on our way here, we were passing the town of Greenest. As we were passing, we were given these outfits to blend in as there was thought the assault was still happening. As we went near the town, we realized that our side had withdrawn. So we snuck around, killing a few guards in the process, then made our way, again giving us the directions, toward this area, when we were very rudely attacked by people wearing the same outfit as us. We were very confused, but that's how we got here. Uh, you said that you were directed from, uh, recruited from Baldur's Gate, and you had someone with you when you arrived in Greenest? Um, like coming from Baldur's Gate, we had somebody with us? Well, you mentioned that in Baldur's Gate, you were given the robes there. No, no. We were given them outside of Greenest. Outside of Greenest, okay. And you, and looks at you directly, Mal. Were you recruited with this individual, or were you recruited separately? Mal will point to Lance Nexter. Wait, you mean with him? I was, was I recruited with him? Well, I see no other people in here that have recently been recruited, and I'm wondering if you were recruited by the same person. Well, I don't think, I didn't, I don't think so. The guy I talked to told me to, f like, introduced us and sent us on our way. So, yes and no. We didn't, like, go to rallies or, like, talk to each other until he sent us on our way together. So, you both were in Baldur's Gate and recruited and then sent towards Greenest, if I'm understanding your stories correctly. Yes, that is correct. We weren't recruited together. I didn't know her until we started this journey, but we were put together to come here from Baldur's Gate. Mm hmm. And she stands up, put, 
she puts her hands on the table, slowly stands up, and as you do, one hand is gloved, and the left hand has a very intricate green tattoo. Similar to the ones that you saw back in the camp, to where it was blue, this one is uh, obviously a different shade of with a shade of green, but it, it covers more of the fingers, envelops more of the hand, and it is more striking and elegant than of the other tattoos. After standing, she slowly walks around and is just staring at both of you. Go ahead and roll me a deception roll, both of you, Mal and Lance. Deception, you said? Deception. Yes. Natural 19, so 22. 18. 18. That's right. And you are proficient in deception now, right? Currently, yes. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. She walks around you and she's inspecting both of you top to bottom, top to bottom. And uh, she walks up to you, Mal, and she gets right in your face. And she's just staring into your eyes, looking around your facial features, and is very invasive. And she slowly walks over to you, Lance, and does the same thing. And as she does, she glances around your neck and sees and reaches towards your yellow scarf and goes to touch it. She grabs uh, it, no, no, it. No, she does not. No. <laughs> I will kind of, like, put my hand up and take a step back, just like, I prefer people not touch what is mine. I see you're very attached to your past life. That might hold you back when joining our ranks here. And you two, uh, looking at both the magic users, says, This one, the half-orc, looking at Mal, This one is the one that interests you, or so Ildrex tells me. The tiefling goes, Um, yes, this one seems to have some magical prowess we wish to test and see if she would be worthy to join our ranks, see if she can bolster us even more. Well, it is unusual that a recruiter would give robes to those that are not already, had not already achieved a level in our ranks, and even more unusual to give pendants to them. The pendants we had found on dead members while we were traveling on the outside of Greenest. We put them on because we saw that it was a common theme and we didn't want to be taken for, like, spies or something. Mal nods vigorously. So, you wish to blend in? Or you wish to claim a rank? A specialty of mine is blending in. That's why I keep things from my past life. Because if I'm giving up everything, I won't blend in as your... And I look at the uniform as these uniforms obviously give away. Huh. And she leans back on her desk, sits on it, and uh, go normally an insight check. Okay, okay. Insight. That's 15 for me. Natural 20. Ooh, for a total of? Or for a total of 20. Both of you, as Lance says this, and she leans back, you see the slightest smirk come over her face, like... Um, what you said really intrigued or pleased her, and it seemed to put her at ease a little bit. Ildrex here has some interest in you, if you find that you are good at blending in, as you say you are. You might find yourselves being initiated sooner rather than later. Maybe skip some of the more menial tasks we make some of our other initiates perform. You elf... If you can find some information that has somehow passed through the fingers or has not touched the ears of some of the leadership, such as myself and Ildrex here, you would be wise to bring it to us. 
I'll look at Ildrix and I'll be like, well, I already, already did find something. Oh, yes, he's informed me a little bit. If you were to pursue this course of action, maybe expand your efforts, we could find a accommodating place for you, one where you weren't scrubbing pots or moving water to and from the river. Does that sound agreeable to you? That is agreeable to me, and I would say very wise of you, for leaving me to scrape a pot would not give you the full advantage that you would need from my services. And to you, and looks at you, Mel. I believe these two have a special interest, and they wish to test you. If you pass their tests, they are within their own discretion to grant you the first level as well, if you were to pass and please them. Uh, anything, anything to join. And at this point, for the first time in the entire conversation, she sees you, Fleeple, standing, cowering somewhat off to the side and says, Is this a new recruit that we have as well? <laughs> uh, no, uh, my name is Jank. I, uh, I was serving with Bartow over by Greenest, um, and he sent me to escort these two new recruits here. Barto, is that one of your own? Oh, well, he was uh, one of the lower commanders in the raid on Greenest. Um, and, you know, I just was following orders, ma'am. Well, your orders are to leave this tent immediately. Get out of my sight. Yes, yes, yes. Excuse me, if I may. I would like Jank here to assist me in your request. We have a special way of communicating and understanding each other. <laughs> well, use him how you wish, but he must leave this tent before I take matters into my own hands with his livelihood. I'll just turn to flea bowl slash jank. It's draconic for hammer. <laughs> Wait for me outside, hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, abound scrape as I uh, am exiting from the tent. Uh, one quick thing before I leave. When Lance was talking, well, when he made the comment about how he'd already given some information about dissension, uh, I wanted to be like looking at Ildrex and at Ovac and at the tiefling whose name we don't know yet and try and gauge, is there any sort of recognition going on between any of them? Go ahead and roll me an insight check. Insight check. All right. 12 plus 5. 17. 17. All right. So looking at Ildrex, you're kind of you're you're kind of taking the room in as a whole with this insight check because focusing in on one person, you'd be able to pick up maybe micro expressions or things like that. But gauging between three individuals, you're able to pick up some general maybe characteristics or behavior. Ildrex just as this happens, just slowly nods, kind of in a confirming way, just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. But as you look towards Ovac, the half half orc, she. She's actually just really bored. Uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's very much like, I'm in the presence of, you know, let's get on with it. However, the tiefling seems to get a little bit, they tense up. Tiefling tenses up a little bit and looks towards Lance, looks towards Ildrix, just without moving his head, but just out of the corner of his eyes, is looking between the two of them. And it's ever so slight, but if you're 17, you are able to pick it up. Okay gonna have to watch our backs with uh, that guy around uh what's your ac fleeple my ac is 16 okay so with an 18 as you are bowing and groveling the half orc just right in your face just kicks you right in the side of your face knocking you to the side of the tent you take one point of damage and as uh, she kicks you just goes 
and just starts uh, sort of giggling to herself. All right. So as uh, I am kicked, I just like stumble out. I'm clutching my face and just kind of like, oh, stagger, stagger, stagger. What on earth? I found myself in front of this prisoner tied to a pole. That's surprising. (laughs) So staggering for about 50 feet or so. (laughs) Go ahead and roll me a performance check then. Performance. Ooh, boy, this is going to be exciting. Your your best skill, I bet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that charisma is all of our lowest stat. Um, It is. Still, though, that is a 17. Oh, yeah, you're a warlock. Okay, that makes sense. Wisdom! So with the 17, though, you allow the kick to throw you out of the tent, under one of the flaps or out the entrance, either way. You allow the... You over-exaggerate, but really giving in to how weak your frame is. And as such, you just stumble around, and as you stumble around, you find yourself in front of this prisoner, feeling like this would be a somewhat believable performance here. What would you like to do now that you're in front of this prisoner? Uh, I look up at him, and I just get a big old eyeful. Oh, wow. Okay. That is a descriptive way to roll a perception check. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. Um, that. That's a 13. Okay. Looking up, this prisoner is tied up. The post that they're tied to is basically an X jammed into the ground. Their legs are spread to either side and tied to the wooden posts. And then the, the arms are also tied up in that way. And the body is just looks incredibly uncomfortable. Their head is still hanging down. And they have somewhat longish hair covering their eyes but not enough to cover their neck to where, sure enough, there does seem to be a tan line across their neck where a choker would have reasonably been on. But with that 13, you also see that they're shirtless and they have just been recently beat up, just bloodied, and you can hear them breathing raggedly. Definitely not being treated well. Hmm. Also a little unusual, no guard here. Hmm. Interesting. I uh, look up at him. And I just kind of mutter, oh, you must have really displeased Mondath. The individual just doesn't really respond, but just kind of grunts at what you say. And I get in a little bit closer, and I look up at his face, and I say, Bahamut Troth, which is draconic for Bahamut protect you. And I put a finger up to my mouth, and walk away. Immediately as you say that, the individual's head jerks up, eyes open, staring at you. This tiny kobold with this weird fleece on their back. And the face turns from confused to even more confused, and eyes darting around to see where you're at. And as you lift your finger to your mouth, say, Who are you? In this place, call me Jank. I'll be back for you. Call me the hammer. (laughs) (laughs) He quickly goes, No, no, leave me here. Leave me. Don't come back for me. Okay, but, well, I mean, here's the thing. We were told to come and save you uh, by a friend, Nezrim Wailedra. (sighs) Nezrim is just a warrior. I want to be here. Okay. I want to be here. I need to find out where this cult is going, and what they're doing, what their big plan is. I got some friends on the inside. Half-orc lady, elf man. Not the most descriptive of descriptions, but... They're gonna walk out of that tent right over there in just a bit. They're your friends. We're gonna help you figure out what's going on here. He goes, don't rock the boat here. Don't get into trouble. 
See what you can find out about the cultist's plans, and see if you can come report back to me. But don't try to save me. Okay. And I just give him finger guns. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go, uh, find a little rock to sit by, uh, not too far from the tent. And I'll, uh, wait for my good old friend Lance, because apparently we've got a job to do. Okay. Going back into the tent, is there anything that, uh, Mal, Lance, that you wanted to ask, uh, this individual? Mal doesn't. I would, I, I will try and ask something. I don't know if this is something that, um, we can have privy. We were given, obviously, a lot of motivation to join up with this um, cult. The magnificence of the dragon and the power that comes with it. Um, we weren't given, or we were told, rather, that we would be given the goal. I guess the end goal of this once we got to this place. What is, what, what are we trying to, what is, what is this group trying to achieve <laughs> that we can be a part of? <sighs> yes, um, we recruiters, we like to add a little drama when we are trying to have people join our ranks. Um, sometimes we forget to share the overall dream. Why? It's to bring back the true dragon, Tiamat herself. That's a lofty, lofty goal. One that requires coordination across the entire continent of Faerun. So there's more of us. Well, of course there's more than us. Five types of chromatic dragons. There have to be more than just one little pocket here. I apologize, your recruiter. Share all of this information, but... Well, we were, I was in a tavern, and he was a little he was a little drunk. Well, that does make sense. It's <laughs> probably why they gave you so much. Um, but yes, of course, it's ones that requires a coordinated effort over the entire country, and why we need eager... Individuals such as yourselves, and ones with such extensive talents as yourselves, ones with magic, ones with the ability to blend in to gain this information, and why we're eager to reward ambition. Um, if if I might, great one. Um, yes, just speak up. Uh, you said there are pockets. I I didn't. The the recruiter didn't say that. Is there a specific? chromatic dragon for this pocket? Or are we just like, everybody loves all the chromatic dragons? Sorry, I, uh, and she'll like, she'll like, kind of shrink back down. She'll come up to you, Mal, really close, and you've already seen it, but she will hold her, her hand with the green tattoo on the back and say, we all must decide which chromatic dragon speaks to our hearts, which ones we desire to ally ourselves with. For all ally themselves with Tiamat, and all are welcome in every pocket. It is true, this camp does have most blue dragon devotees, if you will. <laughs> but you can clearly see, I serve green. Yes. You must find which one speaks to you the most. I have one more question, because you just said that this whole camp mostly follows the blue chromatic. But you're the leader. What's so appealing to Green that a leader would take that? Well, I'm only a leader in some aspect of our ranks. Do you feel that I'm the one leading this camp? I mean, every other person we talk to, even the person outside of Green, is referred to you as the one with most fear and most respect. Do you think me Mondath? <laughs> no, no. 
I am not Mondath. I am flattered that you would think that I would be one able to lead one like this, but I don't have the, mm, let's say, the militant background for something as tedious as provisions, ranks, treasury, inventory, things of that nature. I more, I prefer a more political affiliation. Hence, my position as a recruiter. You'll find out soon enough, but I am of the third rank in our organization. Then, my apologies for mistaking you. What, what is your name? Oh, of course, how rude. Um, my name is Carval. It is my new name. Well, if there are no other questions, which I welcome when I am a little less busy, perhaps we can meet later if you have any other things to discuss. And she looks at you, Lance, with knowing eyes. You can count on it. <laughs> Very good. Um, you two, the uh, other cultists, feel free to take this half-orc and see what she's capable of. Uh, before we split up, uh, I would like a moment with the my traveling companion. We have a debt to sort out. I won a drinking game. She's not very good at it, and uh, she still owes me. So I would appreciate a moment for us to square our debts before we split. Oh, well, by all means, but please leave my presence. Yes, and I will bow. Mal will bow as well. She turns to Ildrex and goes, I like these two. You should bring more like them around more often. They make me feel like I'm back at home. And what race was she? I didn't catch that. She was human. All right. Outside the tent, Ildrex and the two go off a distance. Uh, not too terribly far. I mean... Enough to where you're probably out of earshot. They're just walking back to the main camp and discussing some things amongst themselves. You and Mal in particular and Fleeple do have a short time, it seems, to where you can talk with one another and discuss whatever you need to discuss. Jank, come here. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I come trotting up to Lance. All right. And I'll just like kind of I'm, I'm being quieter. Obviously, I shouted like for Jake, come out! But I'll be quieter now. I'll be like, all right, uh, act like we're sh shoring up a debt right now. Kind of fierce. Look at Mal. Look at me. Look at me. Like we're kind of arguing right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not too difficult. <laughs> okay. And as we're faking that, I'm gonna say, okay. Um, I have. Okay. Oh, this 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 is such a crap situation. Ah, uh, there's so many people here. Um, okay. I have an idea of how to possibly cause chaos with the job I've been given. Um, maybe in that chaos we can somehow get the prisoners out? I'm not sure how. So, I was hoping that if they're gonna test me, that maybe I could join the guard, scouts, and if they can give me weapons, maybe I can find out when the guard schedules are and um, how the guards work and deal with them that way. We are in some heavy crap right now. Um... Okay, give me, give me some money, Mal. Give me some money. Don't give me... I mean, you, we, we gotta act like you're giving me money. Give me some money, Mal. I'll shove you instead. Oh, hey! We said ten! Yeah, so, now, we need to keep an eye on that gentleman who's tied up to the pillory over there. That's Leosin, our monk that we were sent to look for. He doesn't want to be rescued. He wants us to not shake the boat. He wants to figure out what these guys are doing. Information is what's important to him. So, he's our friend. We know what they want to do. What do they want to do? They, she just told us that the cult wants to bring back Tiamat her... What? 
I'll catch you up. I'll, Jake, I will catch you up soon. Calm down, Jake. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. What are you trying to say with me right now? He's, he's, you, he's a Bahamut dude. He's, this is getting confusing for him. <laughs> well, but that's the information that we're trying... If I they know, bring back Tiamat, then we're royally born. No, listen, listen, we can, we can figure this out. I have a plan. I... I need it, and I'll just slap him a little bit. I need you with me right now. <laughs> Jake, flip him. Jake, Jake, Jake. Okay, okay, okay. Are you with me? Are you with me? Yes, yes, I'm with We're you. We're not going to let that happen. I've got an idea. Uh, let's meet back up. Uh, what, what time is it, Thomas? Early afternoon. Okay, let's meet back up in the evening time, maybe around like dinner-ish, and we can like kind of regroup ourselves and figure it out. That sounds like a great idea. All right. Okay, you really do need to give me some gold, or else they'll think we're really crapping ourselves here. I'll give it back to you at dinner. Mal will open up her pouch, and she will take out five gold pieces and slap it as hard as she can into her hand, his hand and just, like, squeeze it and go, This is a loan. This is all the money I have. We've already talked to... Really? <laughs> <laughs> This is it? Lance, you've been robbing <laughs> everybody. <laughs> you got 45 gold. 45 gold from that drinking contest. Wait, did wait, pause though. Didn't we get paid though at one point? I thought no, we got No, we have paid. not gotten paid yet. Oh, so this is just all me? <laughs> I don't know. I have 122 gold, so I no, don't know what you you're doing. No, you did get paid. You did get paid really quick in that one episode. We went yeah. like you're leaving town and it was like so epic and you're like, well, Good luck on your adventure from uh, Escobar. And then you're like, we didn't get paid. You're right. You're right. Okay, sorry. I, 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 sorry. I updated my inventory in my book, but not on my page. Mal will take out her pouch and overact begrudgingly giving him the 10 gold. Then she'll whisper, this is a loan. I need this back. Okay? I'll give it back at dinner. I know that. I don't, I don't believe. Okay. Sounds good. So with this, Lance, Fleeple, you break with Ildrex. Mal... You break with Ovac and the unnamed Tiefling so far. And you both go different directions. And as we're starting to head away, I look back over at Ovac and the Tiefling and getting close to Lance and say, Gotta watch our backs around that Tiefling. He knows that you told Ildrex that he's trying to... Uh, he knows. He's onto us. I know. It wasn't very smooth. I know. So as um, we'll go with Lance and Fleeple with Ildrex. Ildrex go walk and talk. As you know, not everybody's satisfied with with where they're at in the cult. And sometimes we get people who are over-eager to rise up to the next rank. Sometimes they think that means getting rid of leadership and taking that leadership upon themselves. I don't like that. I don't like somebody subverting my leadership. I agree. I need you to do some more investigating. Not just with OVAC and that... Blue guy. I need you to mill about the ranks and see who else has been talking like this. See who else might be thinking about overruling some leadership here. I have a good idea of where me and Jane can start with that. I don't know why you need... I've never been one for subterfuge, so do what you gotta do. But you're on a short leash here, all right? You want to know why I need Jank? Not really. It's because no one gives him credit. No one gives any of these kobolds credit. And so, no one thinks they hear anything. 
So they're the ones who hear probably everything. I'm invisible. Okay, Jake, I don't, I didn't need that. Okay. <laughs> Just know that if you die questioning people, I won't lose any sleep over it. But if you can bring me some useful information, there might be a pendant in there for you. I would expect it. Get the information first. Very good. All right. I'm hungry. And he just turns away and walks away from me. Or to you. Get that cloak off. I will take off the cloak then and put it in my bag. And I will lead Fleeple to like a place that's a little bit more private in the camp. Just so we can talk for a second. Okay. Go ahead and roll me a perception check, both of you. Booyah. Okay, not bad. Uh, uh, yeah. 14. 21. Okay. Walking around the camp, are you just in the thick of it? Or are you, like, on the outskirts? Or you're just trying to find a private place? Just just a place, yeah, that, like, no one's milling about that we can, like, just, like, for a second converse together without obvious ears hearing in. Okay. So, Ildrex took you fairly west, fairly close between level one and level two here, to where you're not too far off from the cliff face. And so, just casually walking you can you can go over to the cliff face and with both your perception rolls you actually see that there are these massive boulders like at the bottom of the cliff but then behind it there seems to be some sort of natural cave in there there's a natural cave yeah how big uh you'd have to go into it to investigate further but you do see that there might be a place to skirt about or have some sort of secret conversation in there we just found a base fleeple jank Jank, um, let's check out what's in there to see if we can find a place to lay low and create a plan in this crap fest. Booyah. What? <laughs> Booyah. Is that, a, is that a draconic word? It's draconic for, I agree with you, let's do this. Okay. I I can sometimes understand you. I sometimes, these words are weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go, to, we'll go to the cave. Okay. So you walk in to the cave. It's only about maybe 10 feet deep. So it's not terribly, terribly deep. It's just like this little natural alcove that might've been dug out by some animal long ago. So you're in there and it's, it's pretty difficult to see this. Like only because you were looking around at your surroundings, you were, you able to find it. So you even see one individual walk past you without giving you a second glance. You feel fairly safe here. Cool. Uh, Can I investigate it just to like, see if, anyone else has used this cave and there's any remnants of like a camp or hidden crap just in case like this is something that somebody uses. Yeah, go and roll an investigation check. Okay, 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 okay. 22. 22. Milling about and holding your finger up to Fleeple before he starts talking, you quietly investigate the walls, you investigate the ground, and with your roll of a 22, the best that you can find are maybe some old scattered bones in the back. You don't see any remnants of humanoids residing in here. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Jack. Um, hammer. Okay. <laughs> hammer. Hammer. All right. Um, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure the approach here. They want me to find information about ranks, about people being discontent. At the same time, I was thinking that um, that we want to free these prisoners. I don't want to stay in this camp longer than we need to. Um, so maybe we could do both at the same time. What I was thinking is, one, I was being honest that it seems that all of these cultists underestimate you and your kind. 
So I would assume that the kobolds hear everything because they don't think that they can do anything. So they won't be fearful about talking. Two, because they are treated so terribly, maybe we can sow some insurrection in the ranks of the kobolds. Oh, I like it. That these these usurpers, these humans and elves and orcs are trying to lead... They're trying to lead a dragon cult without dragons among the high ranks? Who's the closest to the dragons here? The kobolds. So maybe we could sow some insurrection, then creating possible chaos in the camp, and thereby giving us maybe a window to get these prisoners out of here. I don't know. That was everything that came up in my mind. However, that was thrown for a loop with your information that the main prisoner we want to get out of here doesn't want to leave. From what he told me, he's looking for a knowledge of what they're planning to do next. I think if we can figure out what their next steps are, we can use that information to our benefit and still be able to make our getaway having everything we need. Okay, well, this is what we were able to get. And I will, without going into all of it, I will tell him everything that she told us about the cults across the continent. There's five possible factions because of the chromatic dragons. They want to bring back Tiamat. She never explained exactly how. Um... But that they have, like, intricate planning across every which way to do that. So I'll explain all that crap to him. All right, so that's what we know. But I don't know if that's what the prisoner knows or if he needs to know something, something, something bigger, something better. I don't know. I think he's looking for game changer sort of stuff. Like, I think he's looking for the answer to that question, how are they trying to bring back Tiamat? If we can find out how, that's how we know how to stop it. Well, maybe if we... Maybe if we... I don't know how we're going to play this. Maybe if we start sowing insurrection in the kobolds, while also maybe gathering from the kobolds insurrection that's already happening in some of the other ranks that they might have heard, get that information to Kaba, and with that, inducted into and maybe meet Mondath. Maybe that's a thing. I think that would be advantageous. Okay, okay. And I don't know... I don't know Mao's side. Mao will probably have her own element to infuse into this plan once we meet up at dinner. You know what I bet? I bet that they are going to ask Mao to do exactly the same thing that we're doing. To look for for insurrection? But on, like, the other side. Hmm? What are you talking about? So, I don't know. I'm just worried about that tiefling. I think that tiefling is going to try and get Mao to do oh, stuff that's not going to be good so, for us. Oh, they're going to try and get Mao to be like, hey, let's... That you can help us overthrow things. Ooh, maybe. Maybe maybe Mal will be our spy on the inside of that. Oh, that makes me really worried. She's terrible at that. I'm a little worried as well. No, she's not. <laughs> I mean, I, I said in the tent that she was dull, and I was, was kind of like, it was half, half not my opinion. Well, the best kind of lie is one that's not entirely a lie. I mean, that's what I usually go with. So... <laughs> so I mean, I mean, she... It's, I mean, it's like... It's like that saying in the South they have, like way South, like, oh, bless her heart. She's just, oh, bless her heart. She's just trying. So, <laughs> moving. <laughs> so we don't spend the next 15 minutes just dunking on Mal. Yeah, because I imagine this goes on for at least 30 minutes. Oh, boy. Her heart's in the right place. She's just, her head's not there. <laughs> <laughs> So moving over to Mal in the other side of the camp. Mal, you are led by Ovak and this blue tiefling 
to the northern part of the camp, where most of these individuals are also um, are also I want to say cultists, but they're not as battle hardened. It definitely is a noticeable difference. The only two individuals that seem to have seen any battle whatsoever are you and Ovac. Everybody else, they have like books open and they're reading. Uh, some are practicing spells. Some are actually trying to train with a weapon, but it's really kind of pitiful with your history. And everybody is intently looking at you. There is no hiding whatsoever. They're all staring at you as you walk by. Some are whispering. Some are like, oh, oh, look at that. And they're all, some are confused. Some are disgusted. Some are intrigued. But eventually you're led to a larger tent on this side. And uh, the tiefling walks into the tent. And as you enter the tent with him, he goes, well, my, that was an unexpected turn of events in that meeting. Hmm. Intriguing. Uh, Please make yourself at home here. And you turn around, there are a lot of lounge pillows here. There's a small desk, and the tent is a little bigger than the one that you had just, that you were just in. And Ovak, she goes over to some drink, and she pours herself a glass and just chugs it and grabs an old piece of meat that was been sitting there and just starts gnawing on it. So please, sit down. We have much to discuss. Mal will sit, she'll go over by the lounge pillows and sit directly on the ground instead of on a pillow and cross her legs and sit in the dirt. (laughs) Please, you can make yourself comfortable here. We are amongst friends, I guess you could call us. Well, certainly the only friends you have in the camp. (laughs) I am comfortable. I'm comfortable like this. Remind me, did you tell them your name? Did not. forget. Okay. I, I, I don't think either of us have said our names, technically. Nope. Well, first things first. You, you're you from Baldur's Gate, you say? Not originally. I, I, uh, I just have been there most recently. That's right. You're from the north. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, am. you told us before. Yes. And while she's talking to Ovac, she's... Her eyes are all around the tent. Sorry. You're not talking to Ovac. You're talking to the team. Oh, ignore that. I thought it was Ovac. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. No, Ovac's just in the corner, drowning themselves. Yes, you're from the north, that's right. How did you get to learn such magical, just the mystic arts, if you will? Where did where did my magic come from? Oh, yes, um, yes. I don't I don't really know. I you know, I, I said I was from the north and I came south, obviously. Um, I joined up with some caravans, you know, you know, go where the jobs are, you know. And But you're saying you're saying that it happened naturally? You didn't speak to somebody, you don't read. I mean, can you read? I <laughs> I can. Um, and no, it just kind of came naturally to me. I mean, if I had a teacher, maybe I'd be better at it, but I just, I can just do a couple of tricks and that's, a, that's about it. Uh, all right. Well, possible sorcerer here. Underestimate. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, uh, tell me about yourself. Why do you want to follow the glorious return of Tiamat? And he says that with, uh, 
almost rolling his eyes a little bit. Honestly, I, I didn't know that that was a thing. I just, um, you know, growing up in the north, um, my family, we we use pseudodragons to, to hunt. And so I've always been fans. And, you know, I was in Baldur's Gate and this recruiter is talking about the love of dragons and how amazing they are. And I was like, well, I, I miss, you know, that that family in the north. So I thought maybe I just, I join up for some some of that feeling of family. Go ahead and roll me a... Uh, do a persuasion check. I should start lying more. <laughs> oh, that wasn't good. Uh, four. Four. Even though it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deepling just is uh, looking at you and just doesn't say anything for a while and they're tail like flicks back and forth while they're just staring at you well we'll certainly try to make you feel like you're at home then (laughs) Ovac and the half orc just looks up real quick I think it's time we introduce our new family member here and see what exactly what she can do I believe it's been some time since we have done something like this hasn't it and Ovag just turns to you and starts grinning. It's like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, can we start now? Yes, I believe we should be able to start now, if that's all right with you. I'm sorry, I didn't actually catch your name. My my name, uh, yeah, my name is Fleeple. <laughs> um, Fleeple. <laughs> um, Mara. I Mara. Well, since we are family, we might as well be on a first-name basis here. <laughs> I... Wow. Even the DM doesn't know the tiefling's name. This explains a lot. I wrote it lot. down. I wrote it down. Give me a second. My name is Balam. Well, Mara, why don't you follow Ovac to uh, something we have prepared for you to see if you're ready to join our ranks and skip over that the dirty work, if you will. <laughs> And Ovac just excitedly is like, well, come on, come on, and walks out of the tent. It's a real bad juju from these guys. Real bad juju. We hop back to Lance and Fleeple, who have just finished their 15-minute conversation. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying she needs help. <laughs> and we're the ones to help her. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. I think that's a good approach. All right. Um, I say we head on down to the first part of the camp where all the kobolds are going out. See if we can't hear some rumors and start getting some insurrection going. Sounds like a plan to me. Alright, you're, you're Jank. You're Jank. Yes. I should probably have a name. Um, call me Vandal. Vandal. Vandal, yeah. Vandal. Yeah. So like Vandal, but pronounced a little bit more fancily. Alright, you both walk towards the first level of the kobolds, and you see that there are a lot of kobolds milling about. Some of them are just fighting over useless things. A rat they found in the bushes. Um, Some of them are just slapping each other. And there are a few that are more subdued and more reclusive. And as I mentioned previously, there was at least, there's at least one I, I, I don't want to say tribe, but there is one section where it's just orcs. And those are maybe a dozen orcs or so. But the kobolds are quite plentiful in this area here. So, Fleeple or Jank, where do you go? What do you do? 
Uh, I put on my game face, take on my sort of snivelly, uh, just minion sort of demeanor, and I'm going to head over to uh, one of the more reclusive-looking kobolds and uh, strike up a conversation with them. Should I go with you? Hmm. I wonder if... I wonder what would happen if you tried talking to the orcs. So wait, you want... You want me to go to go to the orcs? I think as long as they think we're friends, maybe we can divide and conquer a little bit. Okay. Uh, great. Okay. I wasn't expecting orc today. All right. Okay. And I will go... I will go to the orc encampment. This short little elf. Okay. <laughs> great. So we have successfully split the party. Every good DM move. So we'll start with Fleeple here. Fleeple, you go up to the more reclusive ones, and as you approach these, uh, the this group of eight or so, they get more defensive. One of them stands up and grabs this makeshift club with just some jagged teeth on one side, and is very de- defensive as you walk up. So they say, Indraconic, hey, just take a step back. We got our meal. We can't share with anybody else. Hey, no worries, no worries. I got my meal. I'm just, I'm new to this place, and uh, I need to know what the human situation is like. What can you tell me about these, uh, these high on the horse uppity ups? Mm. Afleeple, go and roll me a persuasion check with advantage, please. Persuasion with advantage. Ah, okay, that is a 15. 15, okay. As you keep approaching this kobold, the guard goes down a little bit, especially with you saying that you already ate your food. It's like, oh, uh, okay, and drops the club, and that you can join them around the fire, and there are the eight others there, and they're all looking at you defensively, and this one goes, uh, this guy's new. He doesn't know about the uh, humanoids up there. He doesn't know that they lead the camp, and they all kind of chuckled in themselves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, that's one of them. So, what do you want to know? Well, I mean, like, most of the humans that I'm working with, like, I was at the uh, party that was going over the greenest, and these humans, they were just, they were the worst. Like, there was this Barto <laughs> guy, and he he was all like, oh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get in there, we're gonna take everything over, and he just got straight up murked by a bunch of these, like, adventurers. I'll tell you, I would have done it myself if I... Wasn't afraid I'd be killed right on the spot. Well, well, dude, I've been, I've been reading. Like, I, I know it's, I know it's crazy to say, but I've been reading, and uh, I, I, I stole a book while I was in there. It's a book on Whoa. like, it's a book on like politics and economics and stuff, and it's all like, you know, alone we are weak, but together we are strong. What does that mean? I don't entirely know, but I think it's got like, you know, if, uh, you know, one kobold, they can kick us. I got kicked in the face earlier today by this half-orc lady, and I just went flying, and it was horrible. They think, they think nothing of us. Yeah, another one pipes up and goes, I've been kicked in the face lovely six times. And just missing, like, most of their front fangs, if you will. Okay, but here's the thing. You know, one half-orc against one kobold, okay, that's not maybe the greatest situation, but one half-orc against nine kobolds? I think we got that in the bag. Whoa, hold on. Am I understanding what I'm thinking you're saying? I don't know, because these politics, they kind of go over my head, but 
I'm thinking, like, these humans shouldn't be the ones running this place. They don't got the blood of dragons in them. We do. You can tell from your words that the whole tone of the group kind of gets very awkward, so to speak. And uh, they are a little bit more on edge. Like, they were comfortable talking about it, but now they're like... Mm. And they, the one who initially invited you to the fire goes, Look, we might have the blood of the dragons in us, but we're not qualified to lead something like this. That's why we need... I mean, my, I've been part of three clans, and most of them self-destructed. And, you know, like, we're not leadership material. That's why we need... Uh, that's why we need them points towards the humanoids. Hmm. What clan is this? Our clan? Oh, we're just we're just the Reds. That's what we call ourselves. The Reds. Hmm. Yeah. We just named ourselves yesterday. <laughs> um <laughs> goodness. Uh Okay, you know what? You bring up some good points. But maybe we can keep this talk going. Maybe we can uh we'll put a pin in this, but you know, that uh that big guy over there, big old crossbow guy who walks around like he owns a place. And you see one of the cultists just walking with a crossbow, with a prisoner um, in his garb, with the sharp shoulder pads. And I'm like, no, not, 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 that, guy. not that guy. Ildrex. Oh, oh, okay. Ildrex. Uh, and I look around. Oh, way, way over there? Okay. Yeah. Way down the way? Yeah, he's just shoveling some stew <laughs> into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, he thinks I'm working for him. He thinks that I'm going around trying to find people who are trying to revolt against him. What a surprise. He wouldn't expect a thing if we were the ones doing it. Just think about it. As long as I don't get kicked. <laughs> 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 Can't even get to it. As long as I don't get kicked in the face anymore, I'm willing to think about anything. <laughs> I like you. Now, I've, I've met a few of these uh, big old humans. Ildrek's over there. I've met the half-orc and the blue tiefling that doesn't have a name, apparently. I met uh, I met the green lady. Any other big muckety-mucks around here? I hear about this Mondath character. Where's, uh, where's Mondath? Oh, Mondath. Uh, yeah, Mondath is, uh, well, she's, uh, she's always in that tent up there, that big one. Sometimes she comes out for speeches, but, um, her and, uh, the blue, the blue, the blue guy, he's always there, too. And, um, yeah, you know, you said you met him? The blue tiefling? Oh, no. The dragon. The blue dragon guy. Blue dragon guy? Yeah. You talking about a different blue guy? Uh, yeah, I was talking about, like, demon guy. Oh, oh, no, no, no. We're talking about Langdorosa. Langdorosa? Yeah, he's always up there. Well, that or in the caves, you know, with the eggs and such, so. Eggs. He rarely leaves the nursery unless he's on a raid. We're talking about, like, half-dragon, maybe? Yeah, Langarosa. He's half-dragon. I start rubbing my wounds from my altercation with the blue half-dragon outside the keeping greenest, and I, uh, I say, blue half-dragon? Well, maybe they've, uh, maybe they got somebody kind of worthy up in the, uh, upper ranks after all. I mean, yeah, but he doesn't really come down here and talk to us at all, you know? He's too important for us with the, with the eggs and such, but, uh, yeah. The eggs supposed to be hatching anytime soon? Oh, I think they already, uh, some of them already have. Um, but it's off limits, so there's really no way of knowing. I mean, people are allowed to go in there to bring our treasure and stuff, and uh, but it's really, 
You gotta be high up there if you want to get in that cave. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Well, you know what I'm thinking? My friend over there, and I point over towards Lance in the orc encampment, whatever is going on over there at this point. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> oh, murder. <laughs> See, they like him. I think he's going places, and I think he might be able to get into that cave. Well, certainly wouldn't mind some treasure for myself. That's for sure. Wouldn't we all? We'll go ahead and pause this and uh, jump to Mal. You were following Ovac, and Ovac is uh, leading you to kind of the centermost, where people were practicing spells. There are, and some of the weaponry, where it's really shoddy. Ovac just grabs one of the weapons, a really long spear, and tosses it to you. She'll reach out and catch it. This is the weapon you like. And she's just grinning right now. Uh, Mal will inspect the spear. It looks great to me. Is this the weapon that you train on? No. Out of thin air, she swings towards you. And a sword flashes in front of you, and it's coming directly in front of your face. That's really bad. That's where we'll end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. So, got some interesting stuff. I love going the deceit on. and the spreading of yeah. the, the. What's the word? Deception. Dissension. Dissension. Like the, the subterfuge and the dissension between the kobolds. Do Lance's, like, confidence, but not in, like, a way that's going to get him hurt? Seriously. Like, when the guy's like, I can get you a pendant, and Lance is just like, I expect it. Like, that kind of stuff. That's good. That's real good. Are you kidding me? I was like, do you have any questions? I was like, absolutely not. What's your main goal? I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be that. Oh, it's going to be that easy? Our two objectives were find the information about the cult and try and find the monk. And I was like, wow, first day in the camp, guys. We're like low level right now. Progress that to like level 15. Where would we be? (laughs) but no this is like i tried to very distinctly change lance's personality when he's actually with you guys because he is like he's just blowing smoke out of his butt right now like he's (laughs) acting really confident but he is like scared like like he is constantly almost peeing his pants So you're saying as soon as you are, uh, you left Leeple to walk over to the orc, you just retched. Well, yeah, like, he's like, oh, hey, I'll go talk to these kobolds who are usually, like, you know, like, the, what we've encountered, like, pretty, like, skittish. And you go talk to the orcs, <laughs> the race that's known as being very territorial. They're by themselves. And this little short elf dude is going to walk in. Like, Lance is like, holy crap, what am I going to do now? Well, you know what? Fleeple knows that we're in a difficult spot, but he's confident that we're going to make it through because his friend Lance is confident that we're going to make it through. No, Lance Dang. is not confident. We're in a test spot. <laughs> Lance is acting confident. Well, we'll see how uh, Lance is received amongst the orcs and uh, why Ovac pulled a sword on Mal here on next next week's episode. Thank you, thank you everybody for joining us for this week's episode. We 
like always, are super appreciative of you taking the time to give us a shot, to listen to us, see what's going to happen from week to week. We're just as excited as you are to figure out what's going to happen and what's going to come out of our mouths. So we really appreciate you taking the time and encouraging us to keep going forward. If you like what you hear, feel free to leave us a five-star review on your podcast streaming service of choice. Not only does it let us know that we're doing a good job and that you're liking what we're hearing, but it also boosts us up where other people can also find us through their recommendations and through their podcast feeds as well. Feel free to reach out to us at our email as well, icastfireball2020 at gmail.com to just say hi. What do you like about the show? Again, who do you want in a 1v1 battle royale match? We've been talking about it off the airwaves nonstop. So... Uh, it's not at all being pushed by the DM whatsoever. We'd love to just uh, to shout you out over our podcast here and just give a few shout outs there. To get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, follow us on our Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from players in the Dungeon Master, and behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. As always, we've got our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as a GM and runs through many one-month adventures using the Fate-accelerated tabletop system. And so if you enjoy crazy improv situations, tabletop adventures, or if you just want to hear more from Ned, we recommend you go ahead and give him a listen. Well, that just about wraps it up here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. But I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.